Welcome to Timely Wisdom with Drs. Alice Bradford, Sarita Wright, Brenda Wallace, Carolyn Carlisle, and I am Venice Burns. You can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Today our guest is Reverend Dr. Renita Weems. The struggle is real. This was recorded on May 18, 2021 your Kool-Aid on the table and your fish out of the grease mm. because we're going to be sitting around the table eating eating catfish and drinking Kool-Aid just chatting about some things in the Bible. Today we have none other than the Reverend Dr. Renita J. Weems. She's an ordained minister, a Hebrew Bible scholar, and an author. In 1989 she received a PhD in the Old, in Old Testament Hebrew Bible studies from Princeton Theological Seminary making her the first African-American woman to earn a PhD in the field. Her work in biblical studies is frequently cited in feminist theology and womanist theology. She is cre credited with being a theology and ethics as a field. I just want to give you a few of her, her books or her writings, Showing Mary, how women can share prayers, wisdom, and the blessings of God. Just a sister away, understanding the timeless connection between women of today and women in the Bible. I ask for intimacy, stories of blessings, betrayal, and birthings. What about most? <laughs> 10 lessons in living passionately from the Song of Solomon. And lastly, battered love. Yeah. Marriage, sex, and violence in the Hebrew prophets. That's just a few of the of her a few few of her work. I want you to type in the comment section. Welcome back, Reverend Dr. Renita Weems. Hey, Dr. Weems. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the company of my sisters. Thank you so much for this invitation. We are excited that you decided to say yes again. Yeah, and no, you know, it, wasn't the first... it wasn't hard to do. It was not hard to do. Well, look at the Lord. <laughs> we are so excited. Um, the first question we always ask our guests is, how are you doing in these COVID streets? But before you answer that question, mm -hmm. I saw a post where you are getting back into riding your bike and moving a little more. I want you to share with us and, and, our, um, and the viewers, what you're doing with the, with that bike now? <laughs> um, I've, been, I've been biking, uh, I would say about, I think, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned that 10 years ago, last month, I was diagnosed with uh, breast and uterine cancer, simultaneously unrelated cancers. Uh, it had not metastasized. It had not. It was not cancer uh, that had been that had metastasized. There were two supposedly unrelated uh, cancers. Thanks be to God, they were both first um, stage one uh, and barely palpable in terms of the breast. Uh, that was a that was certainly a very real wake up call. Uh, about health and about taking care of yourself and and also being grateful that that I had gone in for my annual exams and it was caught and you know and I have some real 
really wonderful black women um, physicians who, who caught it and, and we created a program and, and managed it after that. So that's, that's uh, 11. Sometime after that, maybe about a year or two later, I just decided I want to ride a bike. Um, I, I, I have intermittently always gone to, you know, you can't say intermittently always. It's either intermittently or always. So I have intermittently gone to the, to the why I, I, I was, I, I will work out, but I get bored is my point. I get bored. I get bored with the elliptical. I get bored with the treadmill. I get bored with, you know, whatever African dance and the kinds of things that I've tried to do intermittently over the decades. Um, and somehow well, I can't remember where I kind of saw somebody riding a bike or saw somebody in my age group riding a bike. And I decided I, I wanted to ride a bike again. Now, if I can quickly, you know, kind of wrap up this story. I rode a bike a lot when I was in graduate school I, in, in Princeton, New Jersey. It lends itself to bike riding. It's a little town. It's a New England town. So I biked all over the city, uh, the little town. So, you know, sometimes we pick up physical activities because we have a memory of having done it. And that's a whole nother topic. And women in exercise and women in physical exercise. That's a whole nother topic I can get into. But nevertheless, so I I do remember biking as an adult. I bought a bike. My point is I went out and bought a very expensive bike and fell in love with it. Even at at my age, even at my size, uh, I love it. Uh, And so I would say for the last, if that's certain, last eight years, uh, from about May to about October, because I live in Nashville where the weather can permit it, I, I will bike. Sometimes I, will, I have been up to three or four times a week, sometimes, you know, once or twice a week. But I do bike and I look like, a, you know, my hashtag is old, old woman on a bike. Uh, I'm old woman on a bike. And I enjoy, especially when I put my playlist in my ear. If I'm listening to Martha Reeves and the Vandellas and Marvin Gaye and Aretha Franklin and, uh, uh, you know, Sam Cooke and even Mark Morrison and uh, No Diggity, No Diggity. Yeah, if I'm listening to all that, I can bike. I can bike for an hour, hour and a half. So, yeah, girl, I'm on the bike. <laughs> yeah, and it looks good on you, too, I tell you. Um, you seem so excited and so yeah. at peace when you're, when you're about to ride. So it, it's a yeah, blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a, I'm a loner. Uh, I, I have biked with other women and other people by all means. But by and large, given my own schedule, I just get out there and I got a safe. I'm not in the street except for a little tiny bit or I'm in mostly on bike trails. So for those of us who are who are concerned, I'm mostly on bike trails, people walking. So it's, it's usually pretty safe. But thanks for asking. And I thanks for asking because I hope that it models for Black women. There is a group called Black Girls Do Bike. uh, And and it also is modeling for your audience that a woman in her 60s, a Black woman in her 60s, is getting on a bike and totally enjoying it. And I, I, I challenge other sisters no matter what your age, to get out there and get back on the bicycle and then have have good time. And especially if you jam into no diggity, no doubt. <laughs> that's it. No, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and listen to Lizzo, you know, yeah. just, you know, walk your fine. With her genius Yeah, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> you are a, a um, an Old Testament scholar. Mm-hmm. 
I, we just want to talk to you a little bit about this Old Testament stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to jump right in. Is that all right? Yeah, sure. How does Penina compare to the now sisters in the church? Wow. Give me, give me, give me a little context. You know, I know you were going to ask that question, but give, give me, you know, I, I, let me let me quote something that um, again, I, I, I love the opportunity to call out all these other names to introduce your audience, introduce the, to those who don't know her. Uh, re- remind those, Katie Cannon, one of our veritable uh, womanist scholars in ethics, her area with ethics. Katie, Katie died a couple of years ago, just knocked all of us, the wind out of all of us. So those of you who have masters of divinity, you have heard of Katie Cannon, an ethicist, a womanist ethicist. Katie used to say this to me when people ask you questions. She says, always try to get the context because people will invite you into water and you don't know where the sharks are. I so love I, love I always, you know, when I, people ask me that kind of question, I'm like, just kind of give me a little context. What, uh, if y'all just kind of give me a little background, why Penina? Why, why is the interest in Penina? And um, that might help me so that I can give you the best answer. I like that. So, oh, Dr. Ahead, Wallace, Dr. we're going we're gonna to let you uh, do that, I think. In, because that in was our question. Of our, mm-hmm. was my question. That was my question. I'm the guilty one. And the reason some years ago I preached a message and the message that. was called, thank you, Penina. Uh-huh. Because she deliberately tried to sabotage Hannah. She dug into her in the midst of her pain. Yeah. And, and I find that even now, in this modern day setting, we have women who God has placed in significant positions, but instead of us reaching back, uh-huh. mentoring, molding, loving, and embracing, we dig in a little further with okay. the fact that I am who I am. And yeah. maybe someday you'll be somebody. Yeah, yeah. But right I mean, now, excellent. That's helpful because now, so now I understand what you're talking about in terms of friendship, women supporting each other, women being divisive, competition, um, and uh, those kinds of things. So understanding Penina, I think that when we are, I think that she is an excellent model for us to talk in our settings about friendship, about not only just friendship, about support, and can women support one another? And why can't we support one another? And the ways in which we are, um, we fail to support each other, the ways in which we are rivalrous. Uh, I, I love the intro uh, that you had with uh, Dr. Reverend Dr. Essie. Uh, and, uh, but that whole notion of competition and rivalry and, and Penina being the, the, um, you know the what is what's the word the absolute nemesis, if you will, of Hannah. Uh, Hannah, who there in the book of uh, Samuel is is uh, praying to the Lord, wants to have a child. Uh, cannot am I correct? I mean that's yes, that's what we're absolutely. talking about. And uh, and Penina is is uh, is a thorn in her flesh. Is is competing with her. I mean there there are a number of stories in in the particularly the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, where we get these women's rivalry around childbearing. I, I mean that's that's very much so 
a, 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 a biblical and Old Testament motif. We see it again in the New Testament with the story of Mary and Elizabeth. There's not this kind of rivalry, but there's an underlying assumption about some kind of potential rivalry that could have existed between the two of them. So it is a common motif in a culture where where childbearing um, and uh, was important, where women are identified largely as uh, childbearing. Uh, for their childbearing for, uh, uh, capabilities. So it's, it will be common in, a, in patriarchal literature. And in this case, the notion of women competing with one another and failing to be supportive and women who both are at the bottom of the rung now mm-hmm. and, and fighting each other. So, I mean, that's the other piece we're talking about in a largely, in a predominantly male society that ultimately we are Competing for crumbs, if you will, in terms of if crumbs is the attention of the, of the men in our lives or the preferred position within a man's heart. Uh, I, I think that the story of Penina and H- Hannah, uh, particularly, as you pointed out, Penina is an excellent story for us to talk in our Bible study and in our sermons about friendship among women, about rivalry, about support and, uh, and about um, how God. How what was for what was for Hannah was for Hannah, and was she should not have she should not there was no comp there's no real competition in the kingdom of God because what's yours is yours and what is Penina's is Penina's. Mm. 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 That's good. That's good. Oh, oh, I like that. I like that. I can't. I can't type fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely yeah. so. Thank you so much. What a what a wonderful, wonderful explanation um, of that. As as we continue to to talk about this, this kind of shifts a little bit more, shifts a bit from um, um, I guess the kind of tension that exists between women, as you just did with Panana and Hannah. Um, my question to you is this: about what do you consider to be some modern day parallels between David's daughter Tamar? And today's women. Well, yeah. Well, this isn't. That's an excellent. That too is is a great question because we are living in the in the era. Although there are so many other things that have taken the headline, but still, within the last five years, I think that we have been made even more aware of, and now have better tools for talking about and analyzing and exposing sexual abuse, uh, um, the Me Too movement, um, the ways in which men have used their power to abuse women, uh, rape culture by all means, uh, the, the sexualized nature of our, of our, our, of our uh, culture, um, sexual abuse within the church. And those are, those are the, those are topics that, um, that I think we have been, they have been with us forever. Sexual abuse in the church, in God's house? Yes, even sexual abuse, even in sexual abuse in the, the, uh, you know, the it is about the misuse of power, the the, the rank misuse of power, period. Uh, Whether it is in politics or, or whether it is in the church, whether it's in the boardroom, uh, or, or, or um, you know, in the classroom, but it is the, the misuse of power and the ways in which women, especially, 
and children, obviously, the, but the ways, especially in this case, women have been victimized and sometimes even being complicit, but that's not in this particular story, but also been complicit. Other other women have been complicit in, women's, in women being victimized. But so I think that the story of uh, Tamar in the, in the book of uh, 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 Kings or Samuel, I'm not, um, I, I think the Samuel uh, is another, uh, I think that's Kings actually, that's another story um, that uh, allows us to kind of talk about power dynamics and male power and the notion of, and, and, and the rape of women and the sexual abuse of women. So it is, it's a very contemporary topic. It is a very modern reality and a very modern uh, topic that I think that we have been, we, even in the church, have been complicit and uh, have been silent about and have not had the tools or the language for talking about rape, the rape of uh, women and girls from within our local setting to to Nigeria, the Boda Haram, uh, where are our girls movement of some years ago? I mean, I, all of these things are connecting points that if we are thinking women of faith, we are looking at we're talking about a culture as the as the critical theorists, as the feminist critical and womanist critical theorists are saying. We're talking about a culture of rape, and um, that that uh, that in some ways even women sometimes have been complicit, and sometimes women in the church have been complicit, and mm. that we have required of girls some apologies. We have mm-hmm. we have. Um, put the scarlet letter on women's head and where men have gotten away with it. Uh, and we have asked questions like, well, what were you wearing? And what did, what were you thinking that night? And what did you, what do you, why did you go back? Why did, why when Amnon, uh, when he called for you, why did you even let him in your room? And why did you go? All of those kind of things. I think that story right there. Uh, gives us a kind of platform to expose the ways in which our own assumptions about that women are responsible for male sexuality, that women are responsible for male lust, that our daughters are responsible for their rapist's lust. And you hadn't been wearing that. And and we know that men are weak and you know that they can't control themselves. And so it is our job to protect them (laughs) from us and us from them because they are just poor creatures who just are led by their genitalia. And so therefore, we must wear a certain thing and not wear a certain kind of other thing. We must always be on guard. And and all of that, I think all of that, that story of uh, the the rape of uh, Tamar gives us a platform to kind of expose those things. Uh, Dr. Wings, you you say that it has uh, kind of faded into the woodwork, some of the Me Too. I'm, I'm real fearful about when Me Too comes to the Black church. Because, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, it, <laughs> there have been a few uh, pastors outed, but I think there is a floodgate 
of abuse of power in the in the black in the black church, especially with women. Um, and I mean, from the place of not even wanting women to be preachers and pastors. Mm-hmm. So as we as we as women come to the text, especially the Hebrew Bible, what tips would you give women about how to read the Hebrew Bible? Um, well, reading the Hebrew Bible, reading reading the Bible, how do you read the Bible period? And how do you read the Hebrew Bible? And, and this first say that the Hebrew Bible is no is not one book any more than reading the New Testament or early Christian literature is reading one book. When, when you read the Gospels, that's different from reading the Epistles, that's which right, is right. different from reading the book of Revelations, which is re- different from reading what we call the household codes, which would be first and second Timothy and maybe and Peter and some other books. So, I mean, there so there's no one way to read those different genres. Likewise, in what we call the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, that when you read the book of Psalms, mm-hmm. that's different from reading the book of Genesis, which is different from reading the book uh, of Jeremiah. Now, let me let me unpack, you know. You all know I, I I'm a I'm, I'm an academic, so th- I come okay. to these questions from that platform. I'm not I'm not coming to you from the platform of a preacher because from what I look at your lineup, you got thousands of preachers, but you only have I'm like Paul, you know, you got many spiritual fathers, but you only you only, you got many fathers, but you only have one spiritual father. So y'all got plenty of preachers to give you the preacher answer. Mm-hmm. I got a PhD now surely surely yeah, we, 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 we want the scholarly answer. That's yeah, thank you. Okay. That's so why we, that's why we meet on Sunday but see me on Sunday for the preachery answer. <laughs> on Tuesdays I act like I got a PhD. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, don't, you know, I'm not going to do it. And the Lord, and you know, Jesus, that's, that's Sunday. Today, Mm -hmm. Today. put your thinking cap on. Okay. So what what it means is that when you read the book of Genesis, it's different from the Hebrew prophets. Like, for example, let me give you an example. When people say, what do you mean? When we read, when you read to your children or your grandchildren, a fairy tale at night to put her to bed. That's not like reading something by Toni Morrison or that's not like reading the biography of Harriet Tubman. Those are three different kinds of books in in a fairy tale. Dinosaurs fly. There are wizards. There are witches. You know, turtles talk. That is what that is. But it doesn't mean it didn't happen. But there's a moral That story is trying to teach children something about ethics and moral and love and mommy and daddies. Now, we know turtles don't talk, but you. And so therefore, in the in the Hebrew Bible, there are some fantastic things that happen. Now, did they really happen? Mm -hmm. But there's a moral to the story. There is a moral to the story. Yeah. There is some, and so I don't ask that I don't ask that story to give me exactly what year did this happen? What who was the name of the king? I I, I in that story, okay, it's trying to pushing me to believe okay, there's a hand that appeared on a wall and said, uh, you know, uh you you have been weighed in the balance. Now do I believe a real hand appeared on a wall? Eh, 
See, I'm, I'm playing with your audience right now. Yeah. Waters, did Waters really part like it does with Charleston Heston on the Exodus? And did they walk across on dry land? Did did did, did, did Jesus really walk on top of the water? Mm. <laughs> I ain't here to mess with nobody's religion. But I'm just teach today. Turtles talk in a fairy tale. But that don't mean it's a bad story. Right. In a fairy tale, Rapunzel lets down her hair and the man climbs up on that pigtail. You're going to help somebody. But it don't mean it's not a good story. It doesn't mean that it tells you about a woman being, you know, Locked in a room for years, waiting for her. Okay, I'm all I'm saying, y'all. All I'm saying, y'all, is that the biblical writers were not 21st century writers. They they were not interested in history. And did it really happen? And what year? And what's some questions somebody left here? And I'm saying, oh, okay, was there really a donkey? Where's the donkey that Paul <laughs> fell off of? I'm like, uh, you think I know that? I'm good. I'm really good. What a donkey But if you pay me some money, I'm gonna give you an answer. But you ain't paying me no money. So I no, this is for free. <laughs> we can't pay for that Seminarians pay Oh, that's good. That's good. So, but thinking women need to read the Bible based on the genre that the text is really coming from. As what I is the lesson, the moral to the to the answer that we get. <laughs> Thank you for breaking it down, Brenda. Break it down, Brenda. Break it down, Brenda. Show the people you educate. For me, Dr. Weems, it's all a myth. And they get mad at me when my students get mad at me when I say the Bible is a myth. It is a story of a people. We have our own story and we pass those stories down. So I, I appreciate it. Sometimes we got poems. Sometimes we got a novel. Sometimes we got prophecy. What am I here for? What am I here for? You are I know you have some cool. I might want to some minute now. If we go move on to the next question, and it's not about the dog. 
We done with that donkey. We done with that donkey. It's good to laugh. Yeah, when you get to a place where you can't laugh, you need to go wrong. visit somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Dr. Yeah. what is the original Ten Commandments, and and what's its link to the Mayot? Oh, come on, girl. The Mayot. The Mayot. To the what now? Forty-two. What is the originality of the Ten Commandments? Mm-hmm. And it's linked to the I say Mayot, my, my Texas friend my, say Mayot. Mayot. Yeah, the kind of wisdom of the and the knowledge of um the Ten Commandments. Uh, they are, you know, it was it's interesting. I mean, someone I, I love something that and I, I'm so sorry that I can't um remember who it was that, but that was a beautiful quote that I once read and it said. In order to get to the promised land, you must stop by Sinai. Mm-hmm. There is no getting to the promised land without stopping by Sinai, because Sinai is where the commandments were given. Sinai is where the laws, the statutes, and the commandments were given. That we want freedom, but we want no discipline. We want freedom, but we want no restrictions. We want freedom in the promised land, but we want no obligations. We want freedom in the promised land, but we want no rules. That the road from slavery to the promised land, you must stop by Sinai. And I think that the the commandments, the Ten Commandments, you know, which encapsulate all of the the kind of the book of the law, the laws in general that we find throughout Exodus and Deuteronomy and perhaps even Leviticus, uh, are, are the kinds of um, that if you want to serve me, God says, if you want to be my people, you will be known by your discipline, by the way you discipline yourself, the way you you conduct yourself. And I think that uh, now this could very well be the the old line Pentecostal in me, uh, the girl who was raised Pentecostal. Uh, but that you know holiness, this this whole notion that there are God expects some things from us, and that and they will know us. Not that love, but that love that shows in the way we treat people Ooh. and the way we live with one another. So I think that um, the kind of ma'at, the kind of Egyptian notion of uh, and, and that they came out of Egypt. You know, that's what's important uh, for those of us who have been who are certainly the, this is I think even I can. This is where I'm, I can best. Brenda here, because I'm about, this is where you know, this is where the PhD comes in, okay? And that is that they had spent time in Egypt. That's right. That, that they were indeed, uh, had been shaped by Egyptian culture, shaped by Egyptian religion, shaped by Egyptian wisdom traditions as well. So we tend to think that these Hebrew people come out of Egypt and they have, and they are not been shaped by African African culture mm. is in Africa. And Africa is a continent and it is not a country. That's and of another a number of countries. And these are as as the late uh Dr. Kane Hofelder, professor of New oh, Testament at yeah. Howard University. This is an Afro-Asiatic culture, oh, yeah. Afro-Asiatic part of the world. And these are people, if, if Jesus was able, if Mary and Joseph were able to take Jesus down to Egypt 
in order to rescue him or protect him from the genocidal rages of Herod. That meant that they blended into the Egyptians. That well, meant they looked Egyptian-like. That means that they themselves were, that, that the people in that part of the world were people who were, who were melanated in skin. These are people who are Afro, the whole world of the original Palestine. Hear me now. The original area of the, Pal- of, of the world of Palestine and ancient Israel is there in the region of the world that is Afro-Asiatic, right next door to Egypt, right? Caravans to Egypt. And so these are melanated people. And Egypt was a Israel, Palestine, Canaan was a drop in the bucket. Bucket. Egypt was a civilization during this time. Uh, creating mathematics and architecture and 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 uh, physics and, and and literature, and so the point here is that the that the Israelites, the the, the Hebrew slaves, the ex-Hebrew slaves, were people who had been shaped by Egyptian culture, and even their commandments and even their laws and their statutes would have been shaped by the culture out of which they had escaped. And so Egypt is all over our Hebrew Bible, our ancient literature. Egypt. Help, help them, help them, doc, help them, doc, because we really believe that Moses went up to the mountain and God wrote, because we, we are a people who have been colonized to believe and the, 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 the dominant view rather than recognizing that these black folk. Yeah. Oh, I already had commandments prior to prior to the the uh, the Ten Commandments, and and Moses probably just went up in the mountain in a quiet place to remember what he had learned as an as an Egyptian in the palace. That's right. Yeah, I mean this this was an educated. He had been raised and educated in in Egyptian in the palace in Egyptian law and Egyptian literature. He had already been schooled, probably more than the than the princess who had who had adopted him as a male child, as a male heir. He would have gotten the best Egyptian education possible. So this is not an illiterate man who led them out, and this is not an illiterate man who came down with the commandments and the laws and the statutes. This was a man, uh, I mean, it, it is, it's just, it, I think it's an excellent question. And I think your, your point is well taken uh, because we tend to think that writing, I mean, let me, let me kind of segue to say something else. We tend to think that writing, like we tend to think that even preaching is, Oh Lord, speak to me. And whatever you say, I will say, and as though we are a empty bucket. Right. But our preaching and our writing draws on something. Yes. We got to bring something to the table that God can drop something down in us. We bring some education, something that we have read, some poetry, some music. And um, and and so this is not just about you go up and God tells you something you never heard before, you never written anything before, you don't even know the language. No, it's not that way. It draws God. There is a kind of a commingling and integration between your faith and your culture. Right. 
uh, and we bring those together and, and make make use of them for the kingdom of God. So all of that is, is indeed to to say that he was Egyptian. I mean, he he was he was raised in an Egyptian palace, and he was in fact that whole world was Afro Asiatic. Period. So we don't even have to divide between the Egyptian versus the ancient Hebrews. They were all Afro-Asiatic people. Period. But but it was Egypt that was the dominant civilization, colonizing colonial empirical power, and it wasn't just because of military might, but because of their phenomenal civilization and their understanding of literature and physics, and you look at those pyramids, they were mathematicians, Mm -hmm. astronomy, all of that. And he would have had, he and others of them would have had access to that brilliant knowledge. And God doesn't wipe that clean and give you brand new knowledge. God uses that knowledge. That's right. Dr. Weems, you know you you just messed with a whole lot of folk um, in, in, in this because um, you you just said, but going back earlier, that yeah. essentially um, that that mm-hmm. how Moses got the Ten Commandments okay. is a myth, or, or perhaps. <laughs> we don't want you to lose your sponsors. We don't want you to lose your sponsors. Right. Tell me how you want me to say it, and I'll say it. <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil. Say it like you say. That's what you do. We, we need to help, though, Doc, because we have yeah. uh, yes, an errant book, and it's not. Most definitely. It is Most definitely. not an we errant are, book. And, we and, are, and, we I, are, and I think this... Go, go, go ahead, Dr. Let me Wayne, say this. Sorry. We are... Okay. Okay. We are the heirs of and the recipients of slave religion mm. and slave interpretation of scripture. And that now parades itself as evangelical religion, mm-hmm. evangelicalism. Ooh. We are the heir. We have been taught by our colonizers oh God, how to read the Bible. Yeah. Yes, and ma'am. the average person on who has listened to this podcast, Google, Google anything about religion, and the first 10,000 entries are by white evangelicals. So if your interpretation of the Bible is based on what it says in Google, these people and what you pull up on Google, these are white evangelical, uh, biblically conservative, fundamentalist, literalist. And they and let me just add, and they speak with the tongues of men and of angels. They got a beautiful website. It is well written, and you swear. It's got to be the word of God because it's so beautiful. It's number one. These people put money into those websites looking good. They can write. And even I who have a PhD says this must be God (laughs) because it's so well written. You you can't out talk a conservative fundamentalist. The language. Right about it. They say it's embedded. Maybe they they write. But he, he or she ain't saying nothing. Except what they t- they can t- they can retell the story of Jacob in a way that even you are sitting at the edge of your seat, but they haven't questioned anything about power, gender, race, nothing. But they can re they can retell the story in a way that makes us lulled be lulled to sleep. 
And all they did and, was- And that's what they're doing, is lulling <laughs> us to sleep and killing us while that's we sleep. Right. Go, I'm and sorry. So, you, you ain't woke yet. So, so <laughs> Ammon rapes Tamar. And we don't even, we're so enamored with the story of David. Well, maybe, okay, well, he raped her, but that's not that bad. You see, this is this is the problem. You're reading it fundamentalist. You're not even reading against the grain. Somebody ought to wake up and say, what the freak is he doing raping her? And why didn't David do something about it? But the fundamentalists are not going to handle that. They're just going to say bad things happen to good people. Praise the Lord. Now let's go on. But those of us who are thinking, those of us who are black women who've been raped, those of us who've been, been, been in this struggle, who go by power of men, we're supposed to hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. My struggle wait, is wait, real. Wait, wait a minute, as in W A N N A M I N T. Wait a minute. 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 We're supposed to stop and say, uh uh-uh, uh, no, this is not the will of God in Christ Jesus for my life. Yeah. Even if it's in the Bible. Thank you. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to step out of this narrative and say, what? But I am saying we have been raised to to our very interpretation is the interpretation that is given to us by our colonizers. And colonizing <laughs> colonizers say one thing. Jeez. This is the way it is. This is the way it's supposed to be. And this is the only way to do it. That is the hallmark of colonizers, the way they rule them, the way they teach us to read. Don't question it. And so we we read the most fantastic, craziest things in the Bible and say, this must be God. Mm. This must be the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be slaves. We're supposed to be raped. Men are supposed to be in power. I'm supposed to put something on top of my head. Because <laughs> fundamentally, it's not that that's wait, what wait, the wait, Bible wait. says. So you just, this is not about what the Bible says. This is about what they told us the Bible says. How, how are you just going to slip that in and go on past it? <laughs> well, you know, you're only paying me five, five, five quarters. <laughs> You know, this is this is forty five thousand dollars in you know in, in, in forty five minutes. Um, what's your cash out? Let's put your cash out in. Yeah, yeah. You, see, you the woman of God. You the prophet. You the prophet. There is a prophet. I, I got it. Hold up. Oh, blood has not <laughs> now you about to get my second level of my knowledge. <laughs> But, it, but until I said, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, y'all, y'all know I can cut up. Okay, oh, everybody on here, I can cut up. I can, oh, I can do what my grandmama said. I can cut the food. I enjoy Hold this. On. This is why I came back because I like y'all. But I really am Reverend Dr. Renita Weems. <laughs> when I get with y'all, I'm, 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 we act, you know, we act like we at Waffle House. We act like we at Waffle House. <laughs> oh my God, uh, Doctor Weems! Oh my uh, goodness! I mean, but what, what you said? Is, uh, put this in the chat. That was mine. R. J. Weems. Oh, y'all know I'm y'all know I'm on a fifteen. Y'all know I'm on a fifteen. R. J. Weems. Oh, my social security. My social security. I put it in there, Dr. Bradford. 
Thank you, baby. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't heard the notification. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, oh, we're gonna God. have to send you something so you can get some. Can you do? I can clown. I can. I enjoy. Oh, I so it. love this. I so love oh, it. Nobody else gets this out of me. Nobody else gets this out of me. God, but, but you, but you, you're helping between, but 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 you're. This this blind reading of this text, yeah. and and if and and if some kind of light bulb has not gone off for us, especially in this last year, yeah, I don't know how a light bulb can go off mm -hmm. for any of us if 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 it hadn't gone off in this last year. That how can you? On one end, talk to us about this quote, gospel of peace, gospel of love, but yet at the same time, we continue to see the atrocities that mm -hmm. happen or the, the leadership that you support and you remain silent. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, or, yes. or to debunk <clears throat> critical race theory. Yeah. Now, and you say, I can't even teach mm -hmm. that in the seminary where you mm -hmm. got black folk paying, what, $45,000? Hold on, you can't don't talk about critical race thinking. You know what Tim Scott said. Oh, oh, you know what? You ain't right. But hold on, but they can have <laughs> you saying the same behavior. Yeah. <gasps> so it ain't just white folk, you got the black folks perpetuating the same behavior. That's and right. following suit, doing the same thing that we've learned from the colonizer. Let me just say it that way. So exactly. now that we are we are perpetuating the same behavior, we are using the same, uh, uh, speaking the same narrative. We're walking the same walk. What I mean, really? And if you I, repeat I think, that this is not a racist country, you in trouble. Yeah, if you can yeah, repeat those words, you yeah. you in yeah, trouble. And, and I and I think Dr. Williams, you said it earlier about being complicit. I mean, the narratives that we continue to to repeat or or in or um, reenact. And we and and I um you know earlier you know you were talking about the kind of abuse the rapes the, um that that uh, the violations that occur within the church, yeah. but yet you what I see in the church is really no different than what greater society is that you have you have the majority of the people who are paying into the system, but yet they get the least return when you talk about leadership and or services. You know, or when our needs come up, then we've paid into this system. Um, but but baby, no hush, you're supposed to be over in the corner. You you you're not yeah. supposed to, to say nothing. Um yeah. what you well he well well he but this this deacon over here or this this officer over here um raped me or touched me, baby. Well you need to wear them shirts up just a little bit higher. You know, and 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 it is the the same kind of language we can we continue to repeat. Yep. This we, as you said earlier, we become complicit in the yep. very thing. Yep. But I think we're supposed to get liberation out of the church, but we end up going into a system that oppresses us even more. Where do we get our relief from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, I, I, the church is, um, it is. I don't want to say it's the last vestige because it's not. That this is this is preponderant across the society. I. I it, but it is, but it has persisted in in our. Excuse me for the phone. But it has persisted in our churches uh, because we have not, we have not had um, somehow another religion. We have used religion has been used on us, and we have adopted religion as a way of 
silencing ourselves. That religion has religion. Marx said, you know, religion is the is the opiate of the people. I I, I won't go. So I will say that religion has been used to tame us mm-hmm. to to make us not have questions. Mm-hmm. I, let me, I think I said if I didn't say it before, I will say this again. One of my one of my hallmark comments. What they say? Uh, what's the? This is not my expression, but the expression: "Well-behaved women do oh, not yeah. change history." Yeah. Now let's let's just say that. Well, yeah, you can get that your people can type that. Well-behaved, mm-hmm. and religion teaches you to be well-behaved. Mm-hmm. We go to church to be well-behaved. The women who have pushed the envelope. Let me let me just kind of say this very clearly. Oh. The women who have pushed the envelope, the women, the movements that have pushed the envelope in this culture around women's issues, around civil rights issues, mm-hmm. around any war, anything you want to name, you would not like any of those people. Mm-hmm. Because hell raisers are not popular. The people who get out there and march and push and raise hell in Congress who fight for, you know, benefits for women, benefits for children. All that. These are not person. We love to talk about Mary McLeod Bethune, but you would not have liked Mary McLeod Bethune. have liked Harriet Tubman. We would not have liked these women, Ella Baker. Come on, y'all. Because, because to do that, we, these are the women the rest of us say, ooh, child, she's just so radical. Questions and upset and everything. We got to go home and cook. I got to go cook for my Boaz, you know. And uh, you know, go long too long. And she always challenging the pastor. Who she always complaining about? You don't like them people, but the people who really church women have not been the ones who have pushed the envelope. Not the ones who know nothing but church. And they don't do anything else but church. Now, those of us who come into the church, but we know that if we want to be activists and change things, we have to have multiple identities and multiple communities. And multiple streams of income. One of our our communities. But the moment you start pushing things at the church, you got a whole bunch of women who, well, who does she think she is? And, you know, okay, that's fine. I mean, I I, I don't get into all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I don't believe in making, you know, those kind of women. I'm not interested in that kind of conversation. But you have to be prepared to do stuff in spite of. Even the sister in the church who's mad that you are fighting on her behalf. Yeah. You, you have to say, yeah, girls, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm like Harry Tubman. Now, listen here. We're going, to, we're going to Canada. Now, you can come with me, but are you going to, I'm going to take you out right now. I'm taking you out right now because you That's ain't going it. back and telling people where we are. We're on our way to Canada. Uh-huh. You want to go? Yeah. Come on. If you don't want to go, shut up. You know what up. Okay. Well, how do we deal with the people who don't? Girl, please. You going or you going to die right here? Let, let, let me let me say this real quick for our viewing audience. Um, we know that a time usually comes up, but we're taking a two-week break. We're doing some rest time for us to rest break. Um, so for the next two weeks will be replays, but we want, um, but, but we are blessed, um, to be able to close out this segment, um, with Dr. Weem. So y'all be, y'all hang in here. Cause this, this conversation here. is heavy. Okay. And, and somebody please at least send somewhere. us $25 so we can keep up for five more minutes. Somebody just, yeah. you know, How about that? 
If you can't have fun, don't do it. That's that's right. right. We're always talking about Leah and Rachel, right? Yeah. Why do you think Leah stayed so long? Why do you think? Well, I think uh, if those of you who certainly have read uh, I Ask for Intimacy, I think that's maybe it's in that book where I talk about the, the Leah syndrome. Uh, and I asked for intimacy and it talked about uh, women who's, you know, there was a book title and I don't even know if the book is still in print, but I, I love the title. So those of you who do workshops for women, um, men who hate women and the women who love them. That's mm-hmm. right. Ooh. That, that was a book title some years Ooh. ago. So that was, that's, that's a great title for a workshop. Men, men who right. hate women and the women who love them. Um but I, I, you know, why why women stay in abusive relationships? Why women stay in uh, relationships where they are demeaned and diminished? Yeah. Why why we uh, are complex? Okay. Mm. That, I mean, let, let me in all it's complicated. Just in case that there are some sisters who are indeed on this podcast, let me let me just say it's complex. So I'm, I I won't use this platform to kind of just bad uh, humiliate you and make you seem like you're so stupid. Not that's not the way I want to roll. We have all been in stuff that we know we should have left sooner Come than on. we did. That's a, whether that's on a job or whether well, that's in a relationship. So let's all let's, let's, whether that stayed in a house that you that you saw the neighborhood was going down. We all didn't stay a day too long. Yes. So let's let's be uh, let's let and so let's just admit it's complex. Yeah. And everybody everybody don't have the same options. That's right. Everybody don't have the same safety net. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, it's it, what what it takes for a woman with four children to leave is different from what it takes for a woman who has one child. That's right. Let's right. be honest. If we're gonna be pastors, if we're gonna be ministers, if we're gonna, if we're coming to the pulpit as women, we ought to be thinking in a much more nuanced and complex way that, that mm-hmm. men do when they come to these mm-hmm. stories. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So let's not let's not read these stories like a man would read it. Well, why she stay? Well, if she stayed there, you know, and let's not read it the way the colonizers would have us read it. Well, why she stay? No, we know it's 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 complex. Touch your yeah. neighbor and say it is it's complex. It's complex. But it's complex. the question is why we don't have the support services. Yes. Why she didn't have the friends mm-hmm. to help her make some good decisions and better decisions to support her through it. It's not always easy to leave. Every time a woman leaves, women lose financially. That's that statistic says that when women divorce, we leave some money on the table, and men men end up their income increase and women's income tend to decrease. And and, and most for the most part in divorces, we all know that we mm-hmm. we there's, there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are there are some complex things. So why Leah Lee? Not because she's stupid. Not because you know she's enslaved to his whatever. That it's and what what makes a woman? It's it's easier to leave when you're fifty than it is when you're twenty nine. Come on, listen, my So let let's let's be honest. Let's be let's be more compassionate to our sisters. Yes. Let's understand that if you want to do ministry for the long term. You got to think the bigger game, and you we got to be much more intelligent and pa- compassionate and womanist 
in our thinking about women's women's oppression uh, and and stop pastoring and preaching on a on a hunch and, uh, you know based on you know one poem that you read or one book that you read by some by Joyce Myers come on in now Oh, All right. So, you know, oh, uh, some wait, other wait, names wait, that I won't wait, call, that I, oh, I'm just I, dying I, to call, but I ain't going to call them other names. Myers is worth another $25, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> that right there is worth I just heard it. I just heard it, baby. That's why I'm on the line. I just heard it. It's worth another $25, Doc. Because I'm so, so sick. You know, so, so all of this. This 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 kind of you know we we pastoring black women like we pastoring the women in you know the Brentwood sections of of Texas I mean the wealthy sections like mm-hmm. over there, where the Galleria is well you know I don't know you know but I know the Galleria area of Dallas you know yeah these ain't these mm-hmm. ain't sisters over them war them wards y'all are in them fourth ward and fifth wards and all that they ain't like them women over there near the Galleria now so she don't have you know I mean you know so she don't even have the money. But you own, your divorce is only as good as your lawyer. Oh, come on here. And as much okay. as you can pay. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I tell everybody, let me see who can I say this to. Get Tell yourself, everybody. get yourself a LGBT sister who don't care nothing about men. <laughs> that's who your lawyer is. <laughs> she coming to find everything he didn't hit. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like, are you are you cis? I'm like, are you cisgender, transgender, LGBT? I want you. I know you coming against the patriarchy. I know you going against the patriarchy. I want these women identify these men identified sisters. I want somebody who like wherever he put the money, even if it's in Cancun, I'm coming for it. I want her. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, Doc. What the, you what have the, blessed us today, Doc. I, I, I really got it. Tuesday night is when I go to church to record my service. So, <laughs> put the cash up in the comment section again. Dollar <laughs> oh, sign, RJ. <laughs> Baby. Put the cash app in the comment section again, please. You know, that's the reason why y'all had me on the last episode. <laughs> I am not confused. That's the reason why y'all got me on this last episode for the season. <laughs> is that right, Dr. Bradford? Dr. Bradford, is that not true? That's the reason why y'all put me on this last episode. Yes. Close us out, baby. Close us out. But you are you know your your title is timely wisdom. Come on, let's let's listen. Your title is timely wisdom. And since we are a motherless generation, and since we are a generation that is hungry for mother wit and mother wisdom, and since we are a generation that has not had good old-fashioned women on the front porch on, the front, on their rocking chairs and their baby. Now, baby. Mm-hmm. Now, look at here, baby. That's it. I know what the pastor said up in here, but here, let me tell you the real truth right here. So mm-hmm. I think that what we really are trying to do after after we cut up and act silly mm-hmm. and, and, and even in our silliness, drop, as the kids say, dropping some wisdom on you. That's right. Mm-hmm. So even in, after all of that, I hope we model, I hope this models 
women's laughter and in, and, 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 and the way we do what we used to do when many of us who are you and the four or five of us used to sit around and listen to our mama and their friends talking. Ooh, Lord. We were sitting there listening, saying, Ooh, they said, Ooh, look at what they just said. But those of you who are dropping knowledge, yes, knowing where you're supposed to be in there, though. You know, we weren't supposed to be in there. That's right. But they some of us listen. were over there listening and those women were, and that is what a whole generation and more are sorely. That's why they come to timely wisdom because you're like, I need somebody to tell me something. I can read the Bible. But I don't, that don't, I'm like, it's like the Ethiopian eunuch. He said, yeah, I can read, but that don't mean I understand. And Philip said, well, but do you understand what you're reading? So I think the timely wisdom is our opportunity to say, yeah, y'all all have read the Bible. But if reading was, if reading was all it was, we would be in a better position. Oh yeah. Do you have any wisdom to be able to rightly divide? And, and that comes with experience. That comes with conversation. That comes with friendship. That comes with sisterhood. That comes with somebody older taking you by the hand. And sometimes somebody younger taking you by the hand and said, let me tell you what the real deal is. And so I thank you all for this, for Timely Wisdom. Do you do you think that thank you. Thank the you, poor, no, thank you for mm-hmm. saying that to us because um, God knows that all of us, we love each other. We're very tight. Um, we cut up with each other. Uh, <laughs> we might say a few things that ain't, ain't holy to each other, but uh, <laughs> they 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 do. I'm still under the, the white evangelical. She, she, she is still in that Pentecostal head wrap, but we cuss over here. On the <laughs> South, I don't know what they do in Dallas, but no. we cuss over here in the South. Dr. No, we don't do that. Like in we, Dallas, we cuss and then we pray. That's right. Don't let don't let burn smooth taste. Look, we, we didn't cut up so much that my lips did my lips So we're gonna bring this to a close because Mama's lipstick is run off, and I, I don't stay on TV. About, I want to talk about what you just shared. Um, the porch, porch mothers, porch women. Do you? Shut up. <laughs> Do you believe that we have lost the, the porch, the porch content? Have we lost that? Have we well, lost that, the That's content? a good question. I, let me just add, let me just kind of be provocative enough to ask your 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 audience. Please type it type in the type in the box, chat to chat to me, text back, text back to me as they say now. How many of you all have a porch? How many of you all oh, live in fine. In places, I mean, you know, this is this metaphorical. I oh, I'll admit that this is metaphorical, and it's all right if the answer is no. But my point is, how many of us even have a porch? Uh, how many of us live in houses where? I mean, there was a time our house was it was a given that you would have a porch. Period. Uh-huh. But we don't we don't have porches in the same kind of way. And if we do, we don't go outside. We we don't sit on. We don't even have porch furniture outside on the porch. We, even if you say you got a porch, but do you got a do you have a chair out there at all? Yeah. Um, so all, all of that. And so I think that but whatever that is, whatever it's the porch or whether it's the kitchen table, we used to drop wisdom when we when mama used to do your hair and she put that little straightening comb and she'd be telling you some stuff right then. The, the uh, when we get in the car to take a take a child to school is a, is a, is the is the 
radio on or are we talking? I'm talking about all the places where we would share, share wisdom um, in the women's, in the missionary circle or in the Bible study. I don't know if, if you're not, um, if you're not in settings, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm grieving. I'm grieving right now for those who are listening, who just are not even in settings mm. where they might, where that's intergenerational, one, uh, and those settings where a woman relaxes, lets her hair down, I tell you the truth. If you don't have those, you know, you are, you, you are missing something. Yeah. When when you just take off all your all all the pretenses and you you just now ready to say, come here, baby, let me let me tell you something. Let me holler at you. Let me holler at you. If you don't have that, if you don't, you you need to ask God. God, ooh, God, I need that, and I need you to put me in the light. Can I just? I mean, I'm I'm so serious about this point, and then I will have to go. A, a young woman called me to, this morning. I mean, this is so God. This is, I mean, you know, after all of my talk, my 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 uh, my banter, I do believe in God. Of course, you know, I I do believe there's somebody who sits high and looks oh, low. Yeah, I, yeah, I do believe. Yeah. I do believe, and it is amazing. I'm having this conversation with you, but just this morning, a young woman that I have not talked to in ten years, uh, her marriage disintegrated, the church they lost the church. I mean, just trauma. She just called me out of the blue. I have been reaching out to her every year for 10 years saying, girl, come on, come on. What, what, where are you now? I'm, I'm worried about you. She wasn't ready. Out of the blue, a high-powered executive, she called me. And as she's talking to me about her, she says, can I stay in touch? She said, I know the part of my pain is I have withdrawn from the community. She said, but I'm ready to stick my head out. And she says, I just need some mother wisdom. Will you be that for me? And I was. Now, I get these kind of requests often. So that's that's not, it's not that it was just that she said it. And she says, I've gone as far as I can on my own wisdom. And I'm still depressed and sad. And I sat there and I said, God, this is you. This is this is you and I and she was saying I know I've only gone as far I need now somebody to pour into me mm-hmm. and I I need that next level of can I call you from time to time mm-hmm. can I just and I and I mean this this chick this is not somebody who's needy and grabby all on you I know she means when I really need can I call you what mm-hmm. can I say but girl absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I challenge this audience, as you all rightfully take your te- two weeks of just kind of resting, I challenge this audience that use for all of us, make it our commitment that we will try to find our way. And to even those of you who are doing this every week with this timely wisdom, you yourself need somebody to be pouring mm-hmm. into you. Mm-hmm. So we all need somebody. Uh, to pour into us and just remind us what we sometimes will forget. We know it, but the Bible says, you know, because I do know the Bible and I do believe it. <laughs> stir up. Yeah. Stir it up. 
yes, yes. gifts of God that are within you. Sometimes That's you, it. it's in now, but That's that right. something got to be stirred. My God, and you got to stir it up every now, and it takes somebody to come around sometime and just kind of stir it for you. It's in now. You just hmm. need somebody to come and stir it, baby. Jesus. So timely wisdom is a. I love. I love the title of this gathering. Thank you so much. We love Thank you, Dr. Dr. Weems. Thank you. Thank you. Um, cash Thank up, you. dollar sign, RJ Weems. Thank you all for being with us. Thank you all. Thank you. Can I say you it's lower? Just, yeah. Dollar sign, R-J-W-E-E-M-S. Thank you. There is no way that we could pay for Thank what you. Dr. Weems has done. Thank There's you. no way we could do that. Thank but you. you can help. Thank you. You can help because she has been an inspiration in my life for more than 30 plus years. Yes. And I'm just just grateful for her her love, her support, her her Thank wisdom, you. period. Thank you. Ah. Thank you, Dr. Weems. Thank, Thank you, yes. Dr. Weems. I'm Thank hanging. You. Just hang out. Don't 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 hang disconnect with, with us. Just just hang for one second, please. Um, Dr. Burns, let me allow me. To, I need to say something before you um, close us out. Okay. Um, well, I wanted the audience to know when we come back what it is who they what it is they have to look forward to when okay, we well, come you, back. You want me to say that, or you want me to? Yes, go ahead. That? We can do that too. Um, I wanted to close out with that one though, but. Guess what? We have two a two-week break, as Dr. Burns has stated. On June 8th, are, are you sitting down? Are you sitting down? Because on June 8th, we will have none other than the doc, Dr. Kelly Farrell and Dr. Mel Samson. Together. Together. I don't know if y'all understood what I just said. Dr. Kelly Farrell and Dr. Melva Sampson. Come on, y'all. Y'all gonna need, I don't know what you're gonna need, but baby, just come on in the room and sup with us on June 8th. Sit around the table with us and, and let us love on you as Dr. Farrell and Dr. Um, Sampson come in and, and love on you as well. But allow me to share this. Um, Dr. Burns, Dr. Wallace, Dr. Wright, I am so grateful for all of you. We cut up with each other. We love on each other. And we, we just strengthen each other because we, it is a true sisterhood. Even in the midst of everything that we all have going on, we still love each other. That's right. So all of you, all, all of viewers that are watching, please know that it is possible to have good girlfriends in the room with you. It is possible to have someone to love on you for real. And call you on your stuff. Call you, call you to the carpet. That's right. And, and all you got to do is put, take up, go on and put your stuff together, and know you've been checked. That's all right. It. So thank you. Thank Join you. us back here June eighth with Doctor Farrell and Doctor Samson together. <laughs> we bye. Bye. Love you all. Same time, same place. June eighth.